Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You are good. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Have your way, Lord. How many of us are willing to say, just stay in the spirit, don't even look at me, close your eyes, whatever it is that it takes for you to concentrate on the Lord, don't concentrate on me. How many of us would say to the Holy Ghost today, whatever you want is what I want? How many of us would say that today? What if he puts you on the ground? What if he tells you that you're wrong? What if he told you to stop being offended? Even if you're right. Whoops. What if he told you to stop being angry? Even if you're right. What if he were to tell you to do those two things? Even if you were wrong. How many of us are willing to be stripped of the studs this morning by the Holy Ghost so that we can be refurbished and remodeled today in the glory of God? So we say, Lord, you are welcome in this place. Have your way, rule and reign, heal, restore. Bring your joy, bring your peace, bring your correction, bring your conviction. Holy Ghost, you are welcome in this place. Have your way, rule and reign. Have your way. In Jesus' name, church shouts. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Be seated. Be seated. Praise you, Lord. I want to read to you something that I read last night's Proverbs 24, 11, and 12. If you're watching the podcast, you saw me read it. If you're wondering why it is that I speak about the things that I speak about that appear to be politics to some, that appear to be incendiary to others, that cause people, that really probably cause the empty purple seats that are in the room. It's not on purpose. I do it for a reason. It's because I'm compelled of the Holy Ghost to do it. Jesus is the word, and in John chapter 16, verse 13, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Here's what the word says, Proverbs 24, 11, and 12. Rescue those who are, who are being taken away to death. Is that what the church does today? No, they, they may preach to them about getting saved, although nobody talks about hell anymore. So what it is, that, what, are, what exactly are they talking about? Nobody even knows what they're being rescued from, except maybe some sort of cursory, fleshly thing like depression. Or, or not having the life that they want to have, or a bad marriage, or whatever it may be. So they're being rescued from that. No, they're actually being rescued from eternal damnation. They're being rescued from the antithesis of abundant life. But what about literal death? 
Death is worse after, the, after this body gives way. Death is af- actually worse after that. And we are told in Scripture to rescue people from all forms of death. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Boy, Tom, this is not a very inspirational start. Why? Is it not happening? How is this not inspirational? But I say, it's Ezekiel 33, 8, 9. But I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways? I will hold you accountable for his blood. Well, you know, I don't want to be offensive. That's not a Bible verse. I'll hold you accountable for those that you are afraid to offend. That's a Bible verse. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Just came out. Basically, 100% of the people in Australia, 96% of their population is vaccinated. 100% of their COVID hospitalizations are amongst the vaccinated. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Nine out of 10 of their COVID deaths are amongst the vaccinated. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Our black robe should be on, and we should be on and about rescuing. And those who stagger to the slaughter, oh, hold them back from their doom. If you claim ignorance and say, see, we did not know this. What is happening on ever, statistically speaking, with notable exceptions of the men of God that I love, is this being done from the pulpits today? Yes. If you, if you claim ignorance and say, see, we did not know this, how do you not know it? You know that you know it. Does he consider it who weighs and examines the hearts and motives? What it's saying here is, If you claim ignorance, does he consider it? And does he not know it who guards your life and keeps your soul that you are claiming ignorance? He knows it. And he will hold you and I accountable for their blood if we do not speak out. Do not take a metal rod full of the devil's serum and jam it into your bloodstream. Where do you get that from? Who's proffering the vaccine? The abortionists? The gun grabbers? The transhumanists? The transgenders? The globalists? The one world order people? The people who pimp and whore vaccine passports where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without it? How is the church, you, people don't realize it because the church is, a, the, the, now I'm not talking about us. The church is actually a socialist organization with a finite mindset. They think, well, here's the pie is only this big. You can't ever increase the pie. The pie is only this big. If I speak that, I'm gonna lose a certain amount of people. Yeah, you will lose people. Somebody will get up in a minute and walk out of here. It's gonna happen. Last week, 
We were fuller than we are this week. That has nothing to do with my messages. Nothing. The only reason why I wish this place was fuller, and God mocks it anyway, the emptier we are, the higher are our offerings. And I'm not trying, I love it to be full. Why would I love it to be full? Because people are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Not because I've tickled their ears with a nice little goose, goose feather. Ooh, feel good, don't it? Feel good, ooh, doesn't it? I would love it to be full. But we, listen, we preach the truth here. It's gonna offend, listen, narrows the way if you find it. And he will not, and if you claim ignorance, will he not repay you and every man according to his works? That's why we should be speaking out. It's not human life, it's not politics. You, you honestly think the God of Jeremiah 1.5 thinks about abortion is politics? Before I formed you in the womb, we had a personal relationship Well, I don't want to drive people out of the church. Why not? They're going to hell anyway. They might as well go to hell out there instead of going to hell sitting in your pews. That's, that's biblical. Expel the wicked man from among you. Can't bear it. People can't take the gospel. The gospel is way different than the Peace Corps. It's way different than the Democrat and the Republican Party. All the Republicans do, of which I am one, is dance around and try not to offend. Don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to come across angry. You should come across angry. There's a balloon flying over America. For seven days. They knew about it days before it ever made landfall. The Pacific Ocean is larger than the Atlantic Ocean. They didn't do it it's over the Aleutian Islands where the Japanese actually attacked us in World War II. They don't do a daggum thing. Why? Because our government is being extorted by the Chinese government and the church says nothing. Why should the church say something? The Chinese are responsible for killing 500, between five and 600 million people, a half a billion people. We ought to care. If you have di such disregard for human life, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God so loved the world. That's human life. We ought to regard it highly since each of us was formed in the image of God. Genesis 1.27. God formed man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We ought to care. And I know that I'm preaching somewhat, at least mainly to the choir. But some of you, even though you're hardcore, you still hold back. Because you're afraid to offend people. Well, you know, we're trying to win them around here. Win them with what? Did Jesus do that? Well, let me just gauge this message. 
Let me make it. We're sinker, where, where exactly is the term seeker sensitive? Is that in Ezekiel somewhere? Psalms? Look at my concordance. Let's see, under S. I'm looking. I'm literally looking right now. Let's see. Seek. Goes right to seen and never goes to sensitive. Never does. Listen, some of you need to stop being afraid. To listen, I, I love the people that actually invited their friends here on Christmas Eve Eve service. They never came back. <laughs> However, for the first time probably in their life, they were actually exposed to a gospel message. So some of you need to get your, you need to be praying every week. Open the doors for me to share my faith. And if they come while you're sharing your faith, how many of you actually pray that? Go ahead, you can put your hands up. Okay, about 6% of this building. I pray that every week. Open the doors for us to share our faith. Why do you not pray that? Like, what kind of message are you preaching? I have no idea. This isn't even the message. <laughs> why, do, why would you not pray that? Reminds me of the Keith Green song. Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you? I mean, do you not care? Why are you not praying every day, Lord? Open the doors for me to share my faith. Well, I'm just, I just live by myself and there's nobody around. Ask God to open the doors and watch out. Now it becomes where lots of people are around. No, I don't wanna be disturbed. Oh, really, so you are your Lord. I don't wanna be by myself, don't wanna be disturbed, just trying to hang on until I get to heaven. You probably won't make it to heaven because that's antithetical to gospel to live like that. Probably won't make it. Now everyone talks about this verse. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober. What does that mean? Self-controlled, not away from alcohol only. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, written to Christian leaders. Everybody today thinks for some reason that this doesn't apply to them, as if for some reason they're not vulnerable to this. This is what I'm speaking about today is false prophets. I've spoken a lot about you could be your own false prophet. We're gonna get into that today in detail. I've only mentioned it in passing. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, vigilant means watchful. Paying attention constantly. Who am I listening to? I see people all the time walk out of this church into oblivion. Well, Tom, you know what? You think you're just, you just think you're, you're, the, you're the cat's meow. I'm just telling you, first of all, they end up in no church. The people who have been here for a little while, you can never go back. You can try. You can try, but you can never go back. It has nothing to do with me. 
It has to do with the Word of God and the voice of the Spirit. You can't go back. You listen, people will muscle their way back. They'll be sitting in their old coast church, abundant church, church by the seashore church. The ones that had their flute players on the stage with slits cutting their masks. And listen, people have left here in droves going back to that church. When I laid hands on people, 100 people left this church. What prophet are they listening to? Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out demons, heal the sick. And you leave, leave it for what? what? Kind of Christian are you if this is not if this is not Jesus to you? Amen. Jesus is the Word. There's no delineation. John one one, John one fourteen, First John five seven. You hear it all the time around here. You're like Tom. Are you just mad about people leaving? No. You know what? Here's the, here's the thing about people leave. <laughs> it's it's not that I miss them. I don't even know they left. Seriously, I don't even know that they left. I just feel bad for them. I am a shepherd of a flock. When the sheep walk off, I'm wondering, where are, where are they? Why would you ever go back to a church that ushered in vaccine passports? How can you be so galactically, spiritually inept that you'll go back to that soft peddling, weak, woke preacher because you didn't like hands being laid on people because we didn't have a Christmas day service that might be some of you in here I just don't understand it's a, it's a Sabbath it's a Sabbath let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or Sabbaths or new moons, and you're upset about not having a church service on a Sunday, which is not even the Sabbath to begin with? That, you, you're, you're just like the logic of the world. We're gonna stop transmission and infection using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission or infection. We're gonna make people lose their jobs because you know what? We're gonna stop transmission and infection using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission or infection. You're just like them. You look at logic in the face. And just like Jesus said in John 8, 45, yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Truth is an offense to the religious. I just don't understand. Christmas Day. Christmas. What is Christmas Day? Oh, you know what? Let's find that. Where does Jesus say celebrate my birthday? Come on. Bring it on. Come on. Show me December 25th in here. If anything, the Bible is the antithesis of celebrating Christmas. I had a person call me, there's lots of people have been calling us, and they're very bothered by you not having a church service on a Sunday. Take them, tell them, to take the biggest, take the biggest Santa Claus, Santa Claus statue they have, spin that bad boy sideways, 
Don't put Vaseline on it and jam it right up your own caboose. I hate religion, and so does God. It is the most foul spirit of all. It's the truth. You're free. You can have church on Tuesday if you want. You're free. Jesus' birthday. And some of you will go back because you're the little offended ones right now, barely hanging on. You'd get up right now if it wouldn't embarrass you and walk out those doors. You go back, well, you know, I'll pull up my phone. It looks like, you know, Tom's two, two favorite preachers, his, the, two, like, the two figures that he follows, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. They, they, had a, they had a Christmas service. Rodney Howard Brown had a Christmas service. I don't care. We're free. They can do what they want. We may have a Christmas service on the next day that Christmas lies on Sunday. We might not because I'm free. That freedom, that freedom is from religion, not freedom to sin. That's not loving God. This is love for God to obey his commands, which, by the way, is to not be religious and to not hold certain days above others. Let no one judge you according to food or drink. You actually know that in 1 Timothy chapter four, that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Do you know what one of those doctrines are? Veganism. If you wanna be vegan, you can, but if you push it as a doctrine, you're demonic. Shouldn't be eating meat now. <laughs> Shove it. No, no wonder, no wonder Davos pushes it. No wonder Davos pushes don't eat meat. Because it's demonic to push it. God, the Holy Spirit, says to Peter, you go and slaughter and eat. You don't slaughter a cabbage. Man, look at those, look at those leaves fall off. So that's one enemy. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now that was written to Christian leaders. Now listen, this is going to offend some of you, because a lot of you live in a doctrine of devils. What do I mean by that? You think that it's the devil this and the devil that, and it's all you. Oh, the devil's getting me. The devil's got nothing to do with you. You don't win the lost. You don't bring anybody to church. You don't give sight to the blind. You're not giving financial provision to anybody. You're just a, you're just a, you're basically a giant Christian leech. And the devil's gonna come after you? It's just like those people who show up to the church every couple months and then they come to me at the door. Can I, can I tell you something? No. Your salvation's by grace. My time is from works. You will show up at this church. I ain't talking to you. Yeah, you know, you're all afraid to say right to that. You're, you're all afraid to say right to it. And all of you live that way yourselves. That, that annoying neighbor who wants your time, you go, oh yeah, just come on in, let's watch a game together. No, you don't. 
you see them coming and you act like you've got something to do and run into the house. Church oftentimes is a, is a giant pretend game where everybody is conservative everywhere else and then they come into the church and they're liberal. For most people in the church, I don't know what our percentages are. Our percentages are better than most. Most people in the church live in a welfare system. How do the lights get turned on? How does the staff get paid? Certainly not from your tax dollars. I'm talking about your tithe or your giving. You know what the first thing I do when somebody leaves this church that I know? What do they give? What do they give? Because I have no idea what anybody gives until they leave. I'm going, what do they give? They mean it? Does it mean anything? No. They don't give their time. They don't give their talent. They're just a leech. They want somebody else's time. Let me puke my sorrows on you. Why don't you be delivered instead? So that's one enemy. Your adversary, the devil, who is not, is not molesting most Christians. Most Christians are not, are not rattling the gates of hell. They're camped right next to them quietly with their mask on, fully vaccinated, waiting for their fifth vac- bivalent vaccination. That's the truth. So that's one form of opposition, but there's another. There's another. Spoken of just as much. Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive, including, by the way, yourself. Most of the time, people are not taken captive by a false prophet who comes knocking to your door. Hey, say, how's it going? I just wanted to lead you astray. (laughs) And I know they never say that, but most Christians are not led astray by false prophets outside of their own mind. What false prophet came to the Christmas people at Foundation Church? You're like, man, Tom, there's people in here that were affected by that. I don't care. Why would I care? The Bible says not to even observe these things, and you're observing them. Why would I care if you're offended for doing wrong? I'm not offended by the, vac- by the mask people that are offended when I walk into a place that requires masks. I don't care that you're offended. You're stupid. Why would I care? Just because you open your veins to the stupid people doesn't mean that I need to be worried about being offended, uh, you being offended by me. I don't worry about it. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy that depend on human tradition in the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than or instead of Christ. What, what are you following today? You're like, what kind of tornado did I walk into? This is exactly what you need. At any level, there's a part of me that is following hollow and deceptive philosophies. Your feelings are nothing more than burps and farts. (laughs) 
That's all they are. Most people, that's what they're governed by, a burp and a fart. You say fart from the pulpit? Why not? You say fart in your house? Well, we call them dupers. All right, so your feelings are nothing more than dupers and burps. Does it make you feel better? See to it that no one takes you captive. Listen, there's a part of me. I know there's a part of me. The only difference between me and many Christians is I admit it and try to address it and drive it out. Most people embrace it and live by it. We're not coming to, we're not coming to church on a Friday night for Christmas Eve. Why? What's the, difference between Friday, what's the difference between Friday and Sunday? Nothing. See to it that no one takes you. I've been wanting to talk about this Christmas stuff for a while. <laughs> I've held it back. And if you're watching, yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Little spies that have left. You're miserable. You know you're miserable. Might as well just come back. Nobody knows it's you. There's nowhere else to go. Where are the people that are from out of town? I mean, out of Sarasota County or Charlotte County. Where are you? Raise your hand. Ask them. Mark them. Mark them all. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Mark them all and ask them about the churches in their areas. Go up and ask them. Ask them. What we have here is a treasure, a priceless treasure. You can never assign a price to it. It's got nothing to do with me. It has to do with the Word and the Holy Spirit. And you, and us, not me. There's only little places like us, little splotches around America that have what we have. We're lucky that there's one an hour north of here. But after that, you go here, you go to River Church in Tampa, you ain't finding squat till you get to Pittsburgh. And after you take a left-hand turn and head to the left coast, you ain't finding nothing outside of the people that are in that orbit. There are some, and you can find them. I can help you find them. If you don't, if you don't live... If you don't live in Florida and you're having to move back, get with me at the door. I'll set you up and find a way for you to find the right church because there are not many. And you will have to drive. Unless you are just lucky. You will have to drive. Lucky, I was born lucky. I'm always lucky. It's called being blessed. So see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies that depend on human tradition. If it's not the world, I mean, if it's not the word, why are you zealous about it? Why would you even care? I don't. Honestly, I care about very few things. I care about human life. I'm passionate about it. I, I, I care about spiritual warfare and casting down devils. I care about that. I don't care 
about special days. It's going to offend you women. Get ready. I'm just warning you. You're like, how in the world does hope live with this guy? I don't care about Valentine's Day. I don't give a crap about it. For some of you, you're going to have to pay homage to the Valentine Day God coming up because that's been your tradition for a long time. I don't play those games. I don't even notice it. If you, if you haven't noticed, I don't notice any holiday. I forget it's Easter, which came from Constantine, which was actually started off as Easter, which is pagan. That's why I don't care. I care about the Holy Ghost. I care about the Word. I care about not sinning. I don't care about appearances. Well, I don't want people to think about this. My wife struggles with this. Not that she cares about her appearance necessarily, but if you deal with people who dress like me and my son, my son cuts off his own sweatpants and not evenly. Actually, gets a little close up here. <laughs> Goes out in public. With like gray sweatpants and a red shirt. And he used to wear a puppy dog hat that had like ears on it. There's many times when both of us have tried to leave the house and my wife goes, are you really leaving the house dressed like that? When I was in college, I played college football at UCF and they give you a belt that goes around your football pants. I'd wear that everywhere. Church, out in public, mall, Mismatched clothes, never thought twice about it. You know why? I don't care what people think. Do you? Do you? Do you? Are you a respecter of persons? I'm not talking about, listen, rudeness is not caring about what people think. Listen, rudeness, being rude is antithetical to love. I care about love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. You're not showing your independence of humanity by behaving rudely. You're showing your dependence upon humanity behaving rudely. I'm never rude. You're like, yes, you are. Look how you preach. I'm not. I may not look good, I told you, I live a very weird life. One minute I could be preaching at the river in front of 2,500 people. The next minute I could be chasing my dog between houses at 3 o'clock in the morning just hoping nobody's calling in a stalker. 
Which, by the way, Addy update for everybody. That's my dog, for those of you who have never been here before, or have never heard one of my dog stories. That's my male Malinois dog that I have. It appears that the possums in our neighborhood have had a convention. <laughs> They've had a meeting of the minds, and they say, listen, there's a Malamal coming around the neighborhood anywhere between midnight and 3 o'clock in the morning. That's when I walk. Don't fight them. Actually do what a possum is supposed to do. Lay down and act like you're dead. I'm like, what's going on in this neighborhood? Are all the possums full of demons? They turn around and they fight. What are you fighting? So suddenly... All of them, this is what I'm talking about by chasing my dog at 3 o'clock in the morning between houses because he's attacking raccoons. And they scream. They scream. Believe me. It breaks my heart. I'm an animal lover. But I can't stop a dog that runs 40 miles an hour. Once I get to him, he's scared of me, so he stops. Okay, okay. You've already killed it, numbnuts. He's already dead. Thanks for stopping now. But now all the possums are playing dead. We're on like a five-possum streak. He chases them. They drop dead. He just leaps over them. I'm like, no, 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 no. He just, they're just dead on the ground. He leaps over and come, hey, Dad, look at me. I didn't kill him. Good. Thank you. I'm tired of running between houses at 3 o'clock in the morning. Stop, Eddie. Stop. Stop. Who knows? If that was you looking out the window and a guy dressed all in black with a flashlight... I've arrested people like that. <laughs> I live a very odd life. I can't care about what people think. I just have to love people. Worshiping people is not loving them. Best thing you can do to your spouse, stop being jealous. Uh, you know, you didn't call me. I want you to call me like every hour and let me know that you're not with another woman. Why'd you marry that guy? Well, you're married now, so might as well let him be free. Tom, what's your attitude when it comes to marriage? Been married for 27 years. Be 27 years this year. What's your attitude about it? My attitude is this. If hope dumps me, If hope dumps me, I'll find somebody else. I go by the Rob Deerdeck Fantasy Factory philosophy. Just find somebody hotter. Not that, not that there is anybody. Does it make you feel better? But I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't call hope. Wait, uh, where are you at? You know. Yeah, some of you got trackers on phones, <laughs> tracking your wife. That's not freedom. So there are two enemies. I've just named them both. You have the flesh and you have the devil. How does temptation work? How, do, how does temptation work? When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. 
For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Each one is tempted by his own evil desire. Each one. That's James 1, 13 and 14. Each one is tempted by his own evil desire. If you don't have evil desire, you can never be tempted. But the two come together. The evil desire of the flesh mixed with the devil equals temptation. If you have no evil desire, how do you do that? Take every thought captive. And some of that stuff is hardcore. Tom, you're oblivious to temptation? Listen, here's the thing. I'm oblivious to adultery. I mean, literal adultery. I've committed adultery in my mind. Everybody, does that bother you? I'm just transparent. I oh, now I don't think of them as, as holy as I used to. I don't care. I, really, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what, is the, what does the Holy Ghost think? So I've committed adultery in my mind, but I can't commit adultery physically. Why? It's just too much effort. I'm way too lazy to maintenance another relationship. Don't worry. You're never going to read that I had sex with another woman. I could give in to lust. Listen, if the Swedish bikini team goes running down Minnesota Key, I'm going to be tempted. But you got to take hardcore action. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. James 1, 14 and 15. God doesn't tempt anybody. It's the devil coupled with flesh. What I do is take hardcore action. You will see me get up and leave. Nope. Nope. You'll see me close my eyes in public. I went to the movie Titanic and there's a boob scene in there. My buddy and I went like this. You know, just like this. We didn't know there was a boob scene in there. I never would have gone. You gotta take hardcore action because you have two opponents, two adversaries. That gray matter between your ears that's not renewed. You've been given the mind of Christ, but only through prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, and works will you, the grace of God be revealed to you. You're saved by grace. It's revealed to you by works. All that you have is revealed to you by works. You have two adversaries. The flesh, which includes you, which includes all people, not just you. Yes, the scripture is focusing on the carnal nature. But the flesh, all sorts of flesh, your flesh and other people's flesh are your adversary. Flesh is like a drug dealer that offers you carnal, temporary satisfaction without any sort of eternal purpose, without any eternal, long-lasting good affect. It's like eating sugar or getting drunk or snorting cocaine. Listen, if cocaine was so horrible to snort, so lots of people would stop snorting it. Like, oh man, that stinks. It does something. Seriously, they wouldn't be like, oh man, that's horrible. I'm never doing that again. 
No, it gives them a temporal relief, a temporal satisfaction. Listen, if marijuana didn't make people feel better, they'd stop smoking it. But it's temporal. And it grows because it's one of your adversaries. It's carnal. You talk about this stuff all the time, Tom. Yeah, I do. You know why? Because I see Christians get body snatched out of the church all the time. Well, yeah, but they're going to the Hope Church down the road. And their kids aren't saved. They don't lay hands on the sick. There's no tongues being talked. There's no power. It's just religion. You're saying they're going to hell? I don't know. I can tell you, if you're somebody who doesn't like to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, the odds of you making heaven are not good. They're not good, because you're not, you're not living in the Spirit. This is the age of the Holy Ghost. You've taken a giant chunk of Christianity and said, no, thank you. How would you not want to lay hands on people? Like, Tom, man, you got, some, you got some burrs up your saddle. Yeah, I do. It's a nice little sand spur right between my two cheeks. Sorry to put that in your head. Blot it out, blot it out. Take that thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. And these two opponents can work together. I've already shown you that with temptation. Remember the two opponents, the flesh, which can be you and other people because all of us are flesh. Watch flesh. Watch it. Be careful of it. Who's speaking into your life? That's flesh. So you got flesh and devil or all demons. And yes, demonic activity is out there, but it's rare because the devil's finite. Devil has to pick. He's not God. When we actually look upon Satan being cast into the lake of fire, you'll go, that was it? That's him? Won't be Gabriel. Be a little tiny, decimated little worm thrown into the lake of fire. He's just a liar. Just lies all the time. Lies are effective, though. Take a vaccine. We're going to stop transmission and infection. Did you find out Pfizer injected 61 kids in December of 2020? That's part of their paperwork. For all the Christians that are watching right now that maybe you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated in this room. If you're vaccinated in this room, you need to come up and be prayed over today. Amen. December of 2020, what wasn't there? There's no approval for kids to be vaccinated. Anybody under the age of 16, it was illegal to vaccinate them. Pfizer did it anyway 61 times, causing a stroke to a seven-year-old. They were injecting a four-month-old. Totally illegal. And for all the Christians that are watching, this is the company you trusted. The company that, that meets at the World Economic Forum, the company that sponsored Event 201, the company that loves Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the company that loves to abort babies, the company that you took their metal rod full of their go-go juice and put it into your veins, this is that company. We're injecting four-month-olds illegally in December of 20. Where did I get that from? Their own documents. Remember the documents? You, you took a vaccine from people who want to keep their vaccine developmental data confidential for 75 years? Oh yeah, line me up to take that. That's why they wanted to keep it confidential. 
is they were illegally injecting kids. Tom, what does this have to do with the pulpit? What does this have to do with the church? Human life. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Does it say avoid the subject? Avoid the subject about those who are being taken away to death. You COVID caving Christians, COVID caving clergy that are watching right now. You know those little local churches that envy us because they have absolutely no testicular fortitude at all. They call us a cult. Cult of what? There's way more Bible in this church than yours. All you do is put together a Christmas movie list. All you do is put together a summer playlist. All you do is kite messages off the internet and tell happy stories. You don't address anything. Because it may cause people to leave. Jesus died on the cross between two criminals alone. Everybody left him. Even his closest disciples left him. Though, Though all may leave me, still I will follow. Narrow is the way, if you find it. The love of most will grow cold. But these two adversaries, they work together. Look at this. Here's another example. I already gave you the example of temptation. Here's the example of false prophets and false ministers. 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and 15. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Everybody knows that verse, but not the following one. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. You think a, you think a minister that pimped and hoard vaccines and is afraid to speak about abortion from his pulpit is a minister of God or a minister of Satan? Yeah, ouch, is right. Whoops! Where do they find out? That false love, accommodating, tolerating, avoiding the truth, was never love and never Jesus and never the Holy Ghost. And the whole time they thought it was. Or they knew that it wasn't, but they were too afraid to change because of the consequences of that change. People won't like me. People nailed Jesus to a cross, and you expect people to like you? You're following the man that they nailed to a cross alone. His closest disciple, or a, a closest, I know he's not the beloved, but one of his closest disciples decided, denied him three times and had to be restored. You, people in the church get offended because somebody tells you that you're not good enough to sing on the worship team? How will you stand? Well, you know, I wanted to do this in the church and they rejected me. Maybe it's because you stink. You ever thought of that? That's the first thing I think. Why am I being, I don't ever think, well, man. You know, here's, I'll give you this example. I noticed during my young adult life. From the age of 17 to 24, women had no interest. This, listen, this is going to hurt some of your feelings. I, I, seriously. It doesn't hurt my feelings because truth is truth. So I'm like, why is that exactly? And you're like, well, look at you. Well, 
Okay. So I'm like, it can't be all women that are wrong. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, don't let me forget to come back to that. Okay. Jonathan Shuttlesworth went on to eHarmony. Seriously, before he met Adalas. And it came back, no matches for you worldwide. Seriously. He preached that yesterday. Out of 8 billion people, 4 billion of them are women. There's not one person in Mogadishu that could go for Jonathan? So Jonathan just prayed for a wife. But I'm sitting there, I'm going, you know what, why is it, 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 it that women have no interest in me? What, what could it be? Well, now I look back at pictures and I know. Well, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. God looks at the heart. Man judges by the outward appearance. Whether you like it or not, you do it. I do it. Man, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. I understand that. But a woman is looking and saying, what does the guy look like? So I'm like, what could it be? Well, the reason why is that I was three bills, single and ready to mingle. <laughs> 300 pounds and ready to mingle. They weren't interested. Well, you were a big burly football player. I know there's guys that get away with it, but if you're gonna be three bills, single and ready to mingle, you gotta have game then. You gotta have game. I had no game. I was a Hallmark watching introvert. Once, once I learned to not care, I had plenty of women. Once I was like, when I actually thought that I was the crap, <laughs> they're all over. So there's the thing. What I did was, you know what? I'm like, it's, I've got to make a change. I didn't get mad at all women. It's got to be me. It's a very easy, logical assessment. That's what you do when you walk away from a church and there's no good fruit. Yeah, but I walked away because of Christmas. So? You walked away because it's stupid, and now you've, you've sown stupidity into the ground, and you will reap what you sow. So I'm like, what? There has to be seed that I planted because I can't get a date. The only dates I got were mercy setups from my pastoral friend. I went, I shouldn't tell you, it was 11.40, I gotta, I gotta preach this message, but I went out on a date with a girl and she fell asleep in the middle of it. I'm driving down the road like, oh my. There's a problem here. 
and it's not her. So you know what? I took off 70 pounds. And lo and behold, lo and behold, here they came. Strange, just a little adjustment, little adjustment. Life is nuance. I'm still the same person. But then, as women became more available, I started thinking, man, I've got something going here. And then there's confidence. One of the three times that I broke up with hope, here's one of them. I can't believe I'm telling you these stories. But anyway, my license got suspended. Tom, you're a cop, I know. My license got suspended. It was them. It was the DHSMV. It was over a boat trailer that I didn't even own anymore. They suspended my license. You're like, tell me how that works. I can't. I don't even know how it worked. I got a call from my supervisor. I'm on duty with a police car. Uh, your license is suspended. Park your car. All right. I had to have another police officer pick me up and take me to the, to the driver's license bureau in Sarasota. And there's a giant line, so he's like, you know, I'm like, just leave. They're like, how are you going to get home? I said, I don't know. This is ours. There's no point in you sitting here. I had no car, nothing. Well, this girl walks in, and every guy in the place, <laughs> drool was coming to him. And it was embarrassing. You know how pathetic guys are. So this is what had changed. I just walked right up to her. And I said, hey, I need a ride home. <laughs> Seriously. You're like, things had changed. What? 70 pounds. Just took it off. Life changed. What, what, what's your 70 pounds? Life changed. Did that girl drive you home? Absolutely. I dated her for a couple months and then begged her to take me back. <laughs> Again. What? Huh? Oh, yeah, don't, we don't tell, you to tell the congregation that. <laughs> I called Hope on the phone and I said, Oh, I came and saw you? I thought it was on the phone. Oh, you remember. I came and saw Hope at your office? I came and saw Hope at her office, and I said, what do you think about me dating you and her? <laughs> that did not go over well. <laughs> Life is nuance. What is the little correction that's actually big that you need to make in your life? What prophet are you listening to? What voice are you listening to? Which one is it? Those two adversaries can work together, the flesh and the devil. And when they work together, it's called the world. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. 
Next verse is, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Don't love the world. That's the problem with the modern church. They're so worldly, they don't even sense the Spirit. You wonder why everybody masked, everyone closed down, everyone adopted the philosophy of social distancing, and then pimped and hoard vaccines from their pulpits, made their own churches vaccine temples, and are now empty. Love to name names so you can go around the TV channels and watch this. Do it on your own. Look, when the church finally has the guts to pan back from the pulpit, look how empty they are. Talking about, I'm talking about churches of 10,000 that are now a church of 1,500. Absolute fact. Ask Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He travels the country. He knows. And if he doesn't know, Rodney knows everybody. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2.12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Who is your prophet? If you want to observe Christmas, and listen, and I'm a Christmas guy. Love it. But are you, why are you zealous about it? What prophet is speaking that into your life? Spirit of the world or the spirit that is from God? If it's the spirit of God, then he doesn't speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he is told in Colossians 2.16 to let no one judge you according to food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. So it ain't the Holy Ghost telling you to get mad and leave a church because of Christmas. So what, who is your prophet? The devil, you, or you and the devil mixed together, called the world. You're welcome. You only got 14 minutes to go. Hang in there. You're in this field, if you're new, you're going to feel this yearning next week that you have to come back even though you hate it. That's what happened to me when I got saved. I got saved in Inglewood Church of God, and I was uncomfortable. I hated it. I had no idea what people were doing when they were speaking in tongues, but I couldn't help but go back. Don't fight it. Don't kick against the goads. You will not prosper. The flesh, the devil, the world have one mission. The flesh, the devil, and the world have one mission. False prophets have one mission, even if the false prophet is you. One mission, one word called deception. People are lost, deceived for lack of knowledge, destroyed for lack of knowledge. Deception under what? I wrote a list. Deception under pride. Deception under backsliding. Deception under being unteachable. You ever talk to somebody and every single sentence that you complete is, is then answered by them? I know. It's especially the way, again, a lot of times we are the antithesis of wisdom inside of the church. If you're talking to a doctor, the doctor tells you, that you don't say I know. Well, you have a uh, coronary this and a thrombosis, and I don't even know what all the terms are. I don't sit there and go, oh, I know. I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> You're speaking Swahili to me. I have no idea. It's like when Aaron talks to me about tech. I'm like, Aaron, what? Stop. I have no idea what you just said. Explain it to me 
in Tom language. Well, you plug it into this, and it runs to that. Oh, okay, I got it. Thank you. But a lot of Christians are unteachable. Is that you? You're listening to the wrong prophet. It's either the flesh, the devil, or the world. If you have to be right, you are following the wrong prophet. If, you're, if you live in offense, you're actually a religious person. Offense is a religion. A religion all about you. Nobody cares you're offended. Deception under pride, backsliding, sliding, being unteachable. Deception under hell. Deception under falling short, under powerlessness, under accommodation. Don't you ever wonder about people who are just blatantly living in error and don't acknowledge it? Does it bother you? How do people just live in error and stick to it? I watched a video, I played a video last night on the podcast of Dan Andrews, who's the premier of Victoria, just reelected too, just a notorious COVID tyrant, heavily linked to the CCP in China. And he said, and he was very ardent, just, just like, like he was preaching from a pulpit, I follow the science. Vaccines work. 10 out of 10 people in Australia, in the hospital, for the least virulent variant, Omicron, are all vaccinated. There ain't one unvaccinated person in the hospital, statistically speaking. Not one. That comes from Peter McCullough, according to their own data that they now refuse to release. But yet you have him going to his bully pulpit and saying, I follow the science. What science? No, everything they say that they follow, they don't follow. Everything they say they don't follow, they follow. Everything they call disinformation is information. Everything they say you are, they are. They call you a racist, a xenophobic person, that's who they are. They call you a killer, they're the abortionists. 40 to 60 million abortions per year. They call you a killer, that you don't have compassion. What happens with these people? They don't fruit inspect. How many of you have ever heard preached from the pulpit? We're not called to be fruit inspectors. What prophet told that pastor that? Certainly isn't the word of God, so it's gotta be Satan or his own flesh or a combination therein, which is called the world. We're not fruit inspectors. Who told you that? Jesus said to fruit inspect. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Beware of false prophets. Enter, I'll give you the whole, the whole litany of verses. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets that tell you that it's a wide gate. They tell you that it's a broad way unto heaven. It is not. It is narrow. Few ever follow it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. It's funny that Matthew 7, 15 and 16, the warning about false prophets, follows the verses espousing a narrow way. You know, it's all just a spiritual journey. We're all learning. 
fraud, false prophet. You know, everybody makes this mistake. Seven times you fall, seven times he comes back again. There is no sin that will ever, that will ever hold you back. There is no sin that will destroy. There's no sin that God will not forgive. That's not true. Not remotely true. You know what, God, you know what sin God won't forget? Won't forgive? Unrepentant sin. Ask Ananias and Sapphira if God doesn't forgive sin. If there's sin that God does not forgive. Ask the people who wear a mark on their right hand or on their forehead if there's sin that God will not forgive. Because there is. It's all lies. Your Christianity should be the Bible. Not some soft peddling, monotone speaking, woke slash weak pastor. Go to the monsters. The ones they're all scared of. They'll label me this, they'll label me that. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Who persecuted them? Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. You have murdered all your prophets. It's the church, the church that casts down the truth. Who cares what the world does? Of course the world does it. Every church around here calling us a cult wore masks on their face. The 2020 swastika on their face closed their churches at the command of a cesspool swamp found in D.C. And they call me a cult. They get their marching orders from Satan. That's a cult. The world, which is a combination of Satan and flesh, is who they receive their marching orders from, and I'm a cult. And I don't receive my marching orders. I don't, I don't get muzzled. I don't put things in my, over my mouth. I don't put things. Have you seen it now? Stephen Colbert's show? He's out there talking about how Joe Biden ended the COVID pandemic by stating we're no longer under a state of emergency 100 days from now. And we'll see if it really stands, right? It was supposed to end, by the way, that's just an extension. It was supposed to end April 23rd, and now he's made it May 11th. Stephen Colbert is saying, we kicked your butt, COVID, really? Oh no, you got, really, after, after 34 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, you being muzzled, you being injected, you being subjected, subjugated, brought into submission, doing whatever it is that you're told to do for a 99.997% survival virus, you kick COVID's butt while his audience claps, fully masked and vaccinated. In February of 2023, 34 months into 15 days to flatten the curve. A bunch of people in the audience wearing muzzles that do absolutely nothing. And everywhere you go, you watch any show. I love this show called, uh, what's it called? Million Dollar Listening. Listing. And you watch this show, and they hold these parties. These, what do they call them? Hope then they hold a party for open houses for these million dollar homes. And they hold these open houses, big parties, big bourgeois parties. 
Ain't a soul in the, ma- in the house masked except for who? The help, the peasants. Plan from day one. Church, COVID caving pastor. You're not the bourgeois leftist elitist. And by the way, your compliance will not exempt you from their tyranny. I complied. I collaborated. Yes, so did everybody with Stalin when he murdered 30 million people. They all collaborated and cooperated too. They all collaborated and cooperated with Mao Zedong too before he butchered them and killed them, took their guns and murdered them all. Just 500 million people later, those, those tombs are full of the collaborators, cooperators, and capitulators. And the compliant. We're so compliant. Compliant is, is just such a virtue. Only if it's through the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, otherwise, you're Satan's whore. Things need to be said like that. Some of you are bothered by whore and pimp. You don't read the Bible. People come up to me and they accuse me at times. You know what? I, you know, I use the word, they'll, they'll use the word a-hole. Well, you say caboose. Okay, there's a difference, numb nuts. Caboose and a-hole? Whore is in the Bible. There's people that are whores. Men and women. Sexual and non-sexual. There's people that are pimps. Albert Borla is one of them. CEO of Pfizer. So I'll close with this. Because I want people to think about inspecting fruit. When you're commanded to do so, even though people from the pulpit say, we're not about inspecting fruit around. Nobody's a fruit inspector. And they follow up by everything happens for a reason, takes a village, mama ain't happy the whole house, all the different philosophies that are nowhere in the Bible. So if you've taken an ardent, zealous stand, right? What's the fruit of it? Well, you know, we're not going to know outside of heaven. Wrong. You'll know now. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is. Say, you will know now. You will bear fruit right now. You've taken an ardent stand. If it's correct, enjoy the fruit. But be honest about it and actually look at the fruit. Whoever humbles himself is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Matthew 18, 4. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Will you do that and actually examine the fruit? Who's gotten saved by your ardent stand? Whatever that ardent stand is. Actually look at the fruit. If you're ever, again, don't you get absolutely just flummoxed by people who are absolutely wrong and still stand in it? Why are they doing it? They're either living in denial or they're not looking at fruit. Look at the fruit. What is it? Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. They're not looking at fruit. They just want everybody to listen to them. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Those are the offended people, Proverbs 19, 3. 
Their own folly's ruining them, but they're mad at God. Proverbs 24.10, I mean Matthew 24.10. At that time, many, at that time, many will depart from the faith. What's the original verbiage there? Many will be offended. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. I actually skipped a verse. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. That's between them. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. Which, who are you listening to? The false prophet? The flesh? The devil and the world? Those are the three false prophets. Or are you listening to God? If it's God, he's telling you to look at fruit. A lot of, a lot of you in your marriages, you are ardent about something. What's the fruit of it? And listen, again, I was listening, it may have been the same message from Jonathan. A lot of people are very ardent about changing their spouse. Namely women trying to change men. Let's just be honest. Some of you just rolled over stone cold. Some of you are laughing. Who's counseled more people, me or you? I'm just telling you, it's me. Seriously, 25 years of law enforcement, intermingled out of those 25 years, 13 of them I was pastoring this church. Who's counseled more people, me or you? I have never counseled a man who comes in and says, I just want her to change. (laughs) Statistically speaking, did it ever happen? Maybe. Maybe. But I can't remember it. Just like I can never remember arresting a man who had a good dad. I was in the youth services section for most of my career at the sheriff's office. I was arresting kids. I've never arrested a boy who had a good dad, ever. Not one time in 25 years. That's why it's commanded. You think I pick on you women. I pick on men just as much. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. They didn't... Statistically speaking, inside the church, nobody's doing it. The women are doing it. A lot, of, a lot of men in this building, you're only here because your wife makes you come. You ought to be leading your family to church. Well, Tom, hang on, I got a lube tube. Tom, my kids are all gone. They left the home. You're still their dad. They will know if you're in church every Sunday and you are leading your wife to church. Why are you continuing to provoke them to wrath by your ardent hypocrisy? Why not be a real Christian instead of being a spousal Christian? Whatever your spouse is doing, that's the kind of Christian you are. Believe me, Hope would gladly testify. I'm not the Christian he is. And I, don't, and I would not testify, my wife's a better Christian than I am. But I'm not the Christian she is. We're completely different. You look, you go into our Bible study areas, they're completely different. Mine's stacked with cards everywhere. There's index cards everywhere. My wife's got a book from this person, a book from that person, the Bible, different versions of the Bible. She, look how she does her podcast. 
It drives me nuts. I'm like, first of all, how does it take you 10 hours to shoot your podcast? She goes, she goes I'm going to go shoot the podcast. I'm like, all right, I'll see you. She leaves at 9 o'clock in the morning. She comes back at 8 o'clock at night. What are you doing? That's why I don't have her tracked on my phone. Maybe she's out dating somebody. I don't know. I don't want to know. No, I'm just kidding. She does it ever. She, she, she wants questions beforehand. I'm all alive. She's like, well, what if I don't know the answer to the question? You know what you say? I don't know the answer to your question. That's what I do. I have no idea. People ask me at the door, hey, what do you think about this? I have no idea. I'm not Jesus. We worship Jesus. I'm not him. I'm a representative. I'm a sales rep. I didn't manufacture the product. I'm just selling it. But I don't try to change her. I've given her, listen, I've given her my input about the podcast. She's like, no. I said, okay. That's it. We do, we, I don't try to change her. She doesn't try to change me. As a matter of fact, we bless our differences. Maybe, maybe instead of, and I'm stealing this from Jonathan, so if you see it, you know, I'm just acknowledging I'm stealing this from Jonathan. I steal stuff from everybody. And when I do steal, I acknowledge that I'm stealing it. And I type stuff from Jonathan and Rodney endlessly. And Andrew Walmack too, and others, but mainly those three. But Jonathan was using this example. If your husband loves the fish, instead of sitting there all day long going, I wish he was here, instead of out there, doing what? Some of you women, look at me right now. Seriously, look at me, look at me. <laughs> doing what? I, I, throughout the years, I've had, I've had women... Well, you know what, I, I want him to work at the church, but you know, I want him to be home a lot, and why? And I know, listen, life is nuanced. I'm not talking about going off the rails. I'm not talking about ignoring the most important person in your life, which is not your kids, it's your spouse, according to Scripture. Ephesians 5.22, 5.25. Ephesians 6.4, read them all when you get home. That's the most important person. The reason why your kids aren't saved is because you don't have a good relationship with your spouse. It's because you put them on a pedestal and your life changed, your marriage changed because of your kids. Nothing changed with my kids. Nothing. Nothing. I do exactly the same thing from the moment that we had kids. Nothing ever changed. I'm going a little over. Is that good? I'll hurry at the end. We'll still get out of here roughly on time. We're usually out at 1220. It's 12.07. I'll close quickly today. Nothing changed. Nothing. We had kids, you're like, well, it all revolved, you know, my old thing. My wife didn't hack off all of her hair. And listen, let me clarify that with everybody. We get messages at the church about my hair comments about women. I'm not talking about you women who have a short haircut and it looks good. My wife had a very short haircut that looked great. I'm talking about... You look like you, you belong in an insane asylum. You've lopped off all your hair. We have like bangs right here. You don't look like a woman anymore. You look like a mental patient in Arkham. All because it's easier? Nothing changed. 
I didn't sit down. I watched what I wanted to watch. I listened to what I wanted to listen to. Even you spent no time with your kids? Yes, I spent time with my kids, but they weren't my gods. You take Tommy to the park all the time. It's right next to your house. Where's Pete? Where you at, Pete? Where's Pete at? Right next to Pete's house, the Shamrock Park right there. You take Tommy there all the time. Slide him down the slides. And then I went home and did my own thing. If he wanted to play, I'd play, whatever. But I did my own thing. They knew that Jesus was number one. And they knew that my spouse was number two. They know that, and both of my kids are saved, never been on a date. And a lot of you people who worshiped your kids, they're pregnant and they're drug addicts. They're alcoholics or they're living with their girlfriend. While you were loving. Well, you know, my kid tells me to F off, but I want to show him grace. Ain't no grace in my house for that. (laughs) Tommy can beat me up now, but that only started three years ago. (laughs) By the way, you're like, man, you got this cage fighter, son. By the way, just so everybody knows, he's number eight in the southeast. Or is it nine? Number nine. Number nine. Number nine in the southeast, number eight in Florida, or five in Florida. Number five in Florida. You're like, you have, this, you have this cage fighter son? Well, I bet you, you know what? He really just bristles up and stands up for yourself in the house. No. I tell Tommy to jump, he says how high. To this day. To this day. Of course, it helps that I own everything he has. <laughs> what was I talking about before all this? Do you remember? I can't remember what I was talking about. Do you remember what I was talking about? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I have no idea where I was at prior to this. No, that's all. That's all. That's good. No, that's all. Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan. I knew I had something. This is what I'll close with. 1211. We're leaving at 1220. Nine minutes to go. And that includes prayer. Everything. So you have your spouse who loves something. Instead of trying to endlessly change him so that you can sit on a couch together staring at devices, why not bless what he does? Do the opposite. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Actually go the opposite way of the false prophet which is the gray matter between years. You know what? He's not going to be around here then, you know. You sound, women sound like that? Yeah, they end up sounding just like that. <laughs> Men just shrink into a ball, watch porn, and go to hell. Women tend to sound like this. This is the fact. I don't understand why he doesn't want to be with me. You sound like the devil. Bless what he likes. It's better, again, I'm stealing this all from Jonathan, so you'll hear it. It's almost a quote. It's better that he's out fishing than at the bar or carousing. Bless what he loves. He's going to love it anyway. Go with him. Become a golfer. Anybody wants to do things with me? Where's Aaron at? Aaron, worship team, make your way. Then you'll know. I don't even know where Aaron is. I haven't seen Aaron the whole service or not. 
Aaron, wherever you are. If you want to spend time with me at my house, listen, if you really want it because I'm a good person, a good dad, not, I don't call myself great. I said good. You, like my daughter wants, you, dad, I really need to talk. Okay, let's talk. Shut down everything. I'll give you my time. No way, no, no problem. But if you really want to spend time with me, it's best that you be moving. I don't like to sit still. So come walking. Come riding. I'm out there a couple hours a day. So my wife rides the bike with me now. So we talk then. Instead of, wow, is he, he's going to be gone the whole time. I'm out there riding. By, like, what do you want me to do? Are you sitting at home staring at you? <laughs> what would you have for me to do next year? <laughs> Stop limiting each, limiting each other by trying to change each other. Bless the differences. And again, of course, there's nuance. If, if you are three bills, single and ready to mingle, don't bless that which you love. Got quiet here. Everybody's afraid to talk about fat. I'm done. I've lost the same 40 pounds 40 times. I'm not afraid to talk about fat. Remember Joe Biden? Listen, fat. <laughs> Remember that? I'm not afraid. I mean, listen. But go the opposite and name the false, name the prophet that you're following. If it's false, take that thought captive, call it false. Amen? And this is how we're gonna close today. If you need, if you do need prayer. We have our prayer teams. Those of you who are on the prayer team, on the right and on the left, pray over people who come up to be vaccinated. Not, Lord, just be with them. Nothing like that. I know the prayer team wouldn't do that. Pray to leech that thing out of them in Jesus' name. Pray to leech them out of them. Pray, that, pray to leech that vaccine out, out of them in Jesus' name and heal all the damage that it caused. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to get right with God this morning, you already know this is your time. Right here, right now, this is your time. Don't kick against the goats. Your heart is pounding because that's the Holy Ghost saying, you know what? It is time for you to come home. It is time for you to turn your life over to me. To the backslidden Christian, I tell you, that is a hell-bound condition. It doesn't matter what John Calvin says. It matters what the Word of God says. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. If you've fallen away, it's Colossians 1:21 through 23. If you have fallen away, today is your day of redemption. You must get right with God. Or you will be spewed out of his mouth. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. If you've never been saved, even if everybody thinks that you are, today is your day. Don't worry about, well, the people next to me are gonna find out I'm not saved or that I've been living in sin. Who cares if they come up to you afterwards? What kind of sin have you been living in? Tell them it's none of your business. It's already under the blood. 
as far as the east is from the west, it's been removed from me. I don't need to tell you or anybody else. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Every head bowed, every eye closed, even the worship team, everybody but me. If you need to get right with God, I am your witness this morning. I'm not going to bring you out of your chair. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not going to bring you into a back room. I'm going to ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and I'm going to ask you to pray. Right where you're at, you're not going to have to move. Nobody's going to know it's between me, you, and God. You need to get right with God this morning. Right where you are at, stretch your hand as high as you can put it in the air. There you go. Amen. Got you to my left. Looking to my center left. Got you to my center left. Going to my center right. Five people in the center right. Anybody to there to my right, way in the back, got you. 10, 12 people just raised their hands. Maybe more, maybe 15, 20. Those of you that lifted up your hands, pray this prayer directly to Jesus. The entire church is going to pray it out loud with you. Pray this prayer. Mean it. And you are either committed, born again, or recommitted. But pray this prayer right to Jesus, and it will wash away all your sins. Everybody out loud. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Church shouts, amen. Praise you, Lord. Stand with me. Every hand in the air, receive this blessing from the Almighty God, from the Holy Spirit, and from the Son of God. Lord, I command your blessings. I demand this out of the covenant that your people would be blessed this week by you. Bless them with your power. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with your healing, with your restoration, with your open doors, with your closed doors. Pour out your blessings upon them in such a way that there is not room enough to contain it. That this would be the week of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And the church shouts, so be it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.